Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Sunday, 3.33 p.m. on the East Coast on Sunday. We're dropping this in your feed on Monday morning. I hope you rested up. Over the weekend, um, I was pretty busy and feeling all bad for myself until I learned that a colleague of mine from CBS News died from the virus. And that really did put everything in stark perspective. Of course, as soon as it hits as close to you as possible, that's when you feel it. You can read about it. Man, it's something else. I learned that one of my dear friend's father is on a respirator. All these things are happening. And uh, so we're here to do the little bit that we can, which is try to help you through this period of time, this unknown unchartered period of time and help you answer any financial questions you might have, any money questions. So if you do have a question or maybe you'd like to encourage some of your friends who are freaking out about money to listen to this, just send them this email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Uh, Judd writes, the subject being, sell house and buy another. I need to relocate due to a job transfer. Given today's circumstances, would it be best to sell my present home ASAP and rent for a while, assuming home prices will fall over the next few months or year, or better to sell and buy ASAP with the low interest rates? Thank you. I am always uh, the type of person who would rather rent for a while, even if interest rates rise in the um, in a year from now. I think it's good to figure out where you're going, get the lay of the land. Who knows? I would rent for a while. I think that's going to be far better. And unless you knew that you were going to a place where you really thought you were going to be for a long time, I take my time. So sell and hang out, wait, rent, and take your time on buying. Brett writes, I'm 35 years old. I make about $60,000 a year before taxes. My Roth had about $54,000 at the end of February. It now has $39,000. It was 20% in uh, some Vanguard fund and 80% in another Vanguard fund and then went to bonds. And when I got scared, should I go back to all stocks based on my age? So he was 100% stocks, two different stock funds. He went into some bonds this week. Should I go back to all stocks based on my age? I mean, this guy's 35 years old. What I would say is, you know, I I don't think you should ever be 100% stocks. I think it's going to be a bumpy period. And I think that, you know, we've gotten some emails from people who say, oh, I should be 100% stocks or anyone should be 100% stocks. Sure. Until you have a horrible market meltdown. And then it's hard to stick with 100% stock. So one of the benefits of being diversified, even a little bit, even if you were 80-20, 70-30, is that you're not feeling the brunt of the sell-off as dramatically. And as a result, I think that people often don't fiddle around with their accounts as much when they do have some diversification. So I leave it alone. Whatever you end up doing, just leave whatever you have and don't second guess yourself. So if you go back 100% stocks, then you're all in. And if you keep it as more of a 70-30 portfolio, then keep that as well. All right. Amy writes, thank you so much for the daily coronavirus podcast. They have helped with a very crazy and difficult time. My question is, do you think money market funds like Vanguard's municipal money market fund are a good place to put cash right now. We already have savings enough for a couple of years of expenses. 
in an FDIC-insured account. We also have an emergency fund, other investments, retirement and non-retirement in Vanguard funds. We have sufficient income from pensions and Social Security. This is money we would normally be investing, but things are so volatile right now, I'm inclined to wait. Where's a good place to park cash for what I hope is a short term, or should we invest it while the market is down, sticking to our asset allocation and dollar cost average in? I know we're lucky to have this as a problem. Thanks, Amy. Well, I mean, I think that if you were planning to invest, the good news about dollar cost averaging is it will force you to get the money invested. You're right. It could be that the market keeps going down. So when you dollar cost average, maybe some of that money will come out of that Vanguard municipal money market and it'll go down right after you invest it. But then you keep doing it and you stick to your game plan. And, you know, I agree this. I know this is like a a rich person's problem. I get it. But I think that when we we try to end run around our game plans, then it becomes really difficult to execute them in the long run. So stick to your game plan. I think it seems good. Rosie writes, I'm 66 and a half and retired. As of February 28th, I had $1.1 million, 500 grand in safe money, 600 grand in stocks. Obviously, the stocks are taking a huge hit. She's writing last Sunday. Um, at Oy vey, did you see that mark at 3.34 in the morning? Rosie's writing. Oh, brother. So last Sunday at 3.33 in the morning. Do I sell stocks and put into safe money, get back into markets into the second quarter? I heard you on the news that looks like second quarter things will get worse. Predictions are that third and quarter and beyond markets will go back up. Help me out here, Rosie. Rosie. First of all, I hope you didn't do anything because by not doing anything over the course of the last week, your stocks are up by 10% from where they were. If you had essentially put this portfolio together so that it could keep chugging along for you and you don't need a ton of money right away, I would let it be. I'm not sure, maybe you underestimated that you were a... Uh, had a little bit higher risk tolerance than you do. I think it's going to be a rough second quarter for the economy. I don't. I can't speak to the market. I mean, the, the stock market's not the economy. The stock market might start going up before the economy bottoms out. That's what happened in 2008 and 2009, actually. That in 2009, March of 2009, that was the rock bottom low of the sell-off, which shaved off more than half of the value of the stock market. But if you waited until you saw the economy turn around, you kind of missed the bottom. So I guess that if you really need any of this money, then you may have to get out. But it doesn't seem like you do. If I'm missing something, I wouldn't start messing around with this. You know, everyone keeps writing in with the same questions. Essentially, you guys want to try to time the market. And I'm telling you, I don't know how to time the market. I don't think anyone else knows how to time the market. Here's Donnie who says, I've never invested in anything, but with the market in the shape it's in, I'm thinking it might be a good time. How do I invest for the very first time, Donnie? Well, you know what, Donnie? Um, God bless you because that takes some guts to do that. One way to start is to use a plain old index fund. Uh, you could do that at Vanguard or at T. Rowe Price or Charles Schwab, certainly. Um, easy to do, TD Ameritrade. You could also go to one of the online platforms, Vanguard Personal Service Advisor, Schwab Intelligent Portfolio, Wealthfront, 
betterment. These are places where you can put small dollars to work and uh, get some exposure. But don't be investing if you don't know what you're doing and don't invest any money that you think you might need. Bob writes, recently, every time I listen to a financial advisor on TV, their comment is something like, if you're young and not ready to retire, they don't worry too much. Stock market's going to bounce back. Hang in there. Then the conversation continues without any mention of what someone who is actually ready to retire is supposed to do. I'm 67. I was planning on retiring next year. The next time you're doing your on-air advising, could you address what a soon-to-be-retired person might want to do? I'm afraid that your answer will be keep working. That's okay. Are there other avenues a person like me could take? And I'd like your opinion. Sincerely, Bob. Okay, Bob, here's the thing. I talk about this all the time. You're 67, right? And you're ready to retire. I think the question is, how did you come into this period? When you were thinking about your retirement, were you thinking that that you were going to need to pull money out of your investment account to fund your retirement? If so, what percentage of that account were you planning to pull? And how soon might you need cash from that account to actually live? I think it's interesting. I mean, look, if most people looked at their own retirement landscapes ahead, way ahead, you're 67, you're going to live for 20, hopefully 25, 30 years even, you're not going to take all of your money out at once. So if you've come into this period and said, well, I'm a balanced investor, I knew I was going to retire, I've got enough cash on hand so that I can live my life for the next year without dipping into my portfolio, and I feel fine then I'm not sure you do have to do anything. However, if you are the kind of person who came into this period with too much risk and the portfolio's down and you need to pull money out of that portfolio the day you retire because you don't have one year of your expenses set aside, then you're going to have to make some changes. So I would encourage you, Bob, to follow up with us. Let us know a little bit more about your particular situation. Maybe we could guide you. It's a very good question for sure. Okay. And here is the last email for uh, this Monday podcast, which I'm recording on Sunday, which has a little gratitude sign. And I love that one too, from Marcy, Jill and Mark. I cannot thank you enough for all your sound advice. I'm 49 years old and I've been listening to your podcast for a year and a half. It's during times of turmoil such as this that I realize how thankful I am for following all your suggestions regarding my money. I'm still employed, but I did take a 20% pay cut. My husband's work has also significantly declined as well. However, every morning at 5 a.m., I listen to one of your daily podcasts and it calms me down and prepares me for the exhausting day ahead. We are both in healthcare, so things are very scary at this time. Thank you again. Please continue these daily podcasts. Sincerely, Marcy. Well, Marcy, thank you. I'm putting my hands together in a sign of gratitude and namaste and all that stuff and thanking you because you're in healthcare. And I thank you for sending this lovely note. And I think that we all need to just thank people around us and have gratitude for all we have. I know these are such scary times. You know, again, as I started the podcast, I will tell you this has been a rough day for me and my colleagues at CBS News. But 
You be thankful for what you have. I am thankful to Maria who passed away and she always made me smile. A little snarky also. So it was fun to hang out with her. And Mark and I exchanged notes this morning. I just, I downloaded a picture of her. I put it on my phone. Thank goodness that I got to meet someone like that. Thank goodness this tough woman who worked her butt off for so many years and all of us got to really feel the joy from her feel the little pushback. She, uh, Mark, didn't she, uh, didn't she uh, give you a little bit of the business when you didn't get in touch with her? Was that with, yeah. So, you know, we, we laugh a little bit, but you know, you got to love it. She was, uh, she was a unique individual and I'm very thankful for having the opportunity to have worked with her and to become friendly with her. And Mark and I are really grateful for all of you for taking the time to spend some time with us every day now and for your great questions. So, Whatever we can do to help you out, you know that we are here for you as much as we can, at least with the money stuff. We're happy to talk to you. Just send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.